Thank you for tuning in. We'll get to your program right after this short word from our sponsor. Every day is like a blank page. Some people encounter the page with fear and dread. Others encounter it with potential and excitement. Hello, my name is Aubrey Baptista. At Kindred Art Therapy, you will learn to be inspired daily rather than approaching each day with fear. For more information, visit arttherapync.com to book a free 15-minute consultation. My name is Alyn Davis. I'm a counselor and coach with a compassionate heart and a wealth of experience. My mission is to help people journey towards recovery, self-discovery, and holistic well-being. As a licensed therapist in North Carolina, I've had the privilege of witnessing countless individuals break free from the grips of eating disorders, trauma, anxiety, depression, and find renewed purpose in their lives. For more information, visit alyndavis.com or click the buy button on this ad. I look forward to seeing you break free free. Welcome to Kindred, the show shining a light on local mental health professionals who are the unsung heroes of our community. Join us as we explore their stories, strategies, and the art of healing minds. Let's break the stigma and celebrate resilience together. This is Kindred, where understanding begins and healing flourishes. Today, we have Michelle Mosley, who is a licensed mental health counselor in North Carolina and a registered telehealth provider in Florida. She believes all people deserve respect, compassion, and access to mental health and physical health care. Michelle specializes in working with survivors of religious trauma and spiritual abuse, as well as with folks who have body image concerns, finding there is frequent overlap in these areas. Welcome, Michelle. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Well, you know, we had a really great conversation last week, and and I'd like to kind of dive right back into it. And will you tell us more about, like, what what does it mean about religious trauma? We're in the Bible Belt, so, like, there's a lot of religious people in this area. So what do you run into a lot of times? Yeah, definitely. Um well, with religious trauma, it really can can cover a wide variety of things. Um, I am in no way saying that all religion is bad. Um, some folks really get a lot of positive things out of their religious involvement. But there are also folks who have had experiences where um, they felt belittled or invalidated um, or experienced abuse, whether that's physical, sexual, emotional um, or also spiritual abuse, because there is that spiritual aspect involved um, within religion. And um, so I work with lots of folks that have dealt with those types of things. That could be things like being told that you um, can't do certain things within the church or the religious organization based on your gender. Um, places that are very exclusive um, around sexuality or gender expansiveness, um, being told things about eternity that really lead to a lot of fear um, and living in a state of anxiety. Those are just some of the ways that it might show up for folks. Mm. Yeah, I am, um, you know, so I've been in the South now for about six years and I've explored different churches and things. And, um, you know, one thing that kind of struck me in uh, looking into like different memberships is um, specific gender roles that mm -hmm. come up, um, like around leadership in different churches. And I don't think that all churches are like this, but um, there are some 
some belief systems around like certain roles being specific to men and certain roles being specific to women. And I'm wondering like how much of what you run into is related to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I find that a lot of what I run into is related to that, whether um, it is someone who um, is a woman and maybe they feel that they really have a gift for teaching or preaching or leading in some way. And they've been told, no, that that's not allowed um, within our belief system. We believe that, you know, maybe God didn't set it up that way. Um, or it could be a man who um, doesn't feel led toward, you know, leading a small group or being part of some type of hunting ministry or something like that. Um, that they would prefer to be part of preparing meals. Um, some of the things that might be seen as more stereotypically feminine, um, but those are a woman's role within that church. And so I've run into folks on all sides that just felt like they didn't fit because of those strict gender roles. Yeah, it sounds like um, kind of like just creating these like strict whether it's related to gender or not, but like strict um, rules for this is how you're supposed to live your life. And now I, I'm, I'm giving Christianity a bad rap. Cause like you said in the beginning, like there's a lot of really positive things and a lot of things that are really comforting, mm -hmm. but um, the challenges is where some beliefs become so dogmatic that people are shaming one another because they're not fitting like their square pig trying to fit into a round hole. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, that, I think that hits right on it that um, religion in and of itself um, is not necessarily bad or harmful. It's really in how it, it, it plays out um, and how the particular group may be utilizing it. Um, so when there um, are teachings or, um, rules that are in place um, where folks are really experiencing harm and those in authority um, are not willing to reconsider or to listen to the experience um, of, of those who are saying, hey, this is harming me and this is how, um, that can really exacerbate religious trauma with folks. Um, so many of the folks I work with have, they really want to be involved spiritually they have had periods of life where they found a lot of community and positivity within religion or spirituality or a belief system um, but they've also had experiences where they were wounded and when they tried to talk to people in authority um, it was dismissed and that was even more hurtful on top of the wounding Oof. so all right so how did you get into this specific speciality because I haven't met anybody else who's really specializing in this area. Um, so I sometimes refer to this specialty as the niche that found me. Uh, <laughs> I, in a previous life, I actually worked um, in ministry. Um, I have about probably 15 to 20 years total of vocational and occupational ministry experience. Wow. Um, and I had my own experience of spiritual abuse and religious trauma. Um, when I switched career paths and chose to pursue mental health counseling, had no intention of necessarily working um, with folks who had had those same experiences. Um, but therapy was a huge part of my own healing journey. 
um, and then getting connected with other people that had had similar experiences, even if the specifics were very different. A lot of the ways that it was showing up in their bodies, in their thought patterns um, were so similar um, and just ended up connecting with some clients that um, realized, hey, I really feel like I can do this work well because I understand it from both the clinical side and the experiential side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that I've done enough of my own work that I can totally be with the client in the moment of whatever their experience is. Um, so that's that's kind of how I um, found myself specializing in this. Just there is such a, a large need and um, something that I really connect with folks on. Now, I don't want to place you in an area if you're uncomfortable talking about this, but, I, but the thing that you said about... Um you know, leaving, like, leaving ministry and, and then, like, experiencing your own religious trauma, like, can, are you open to talking a little bit more about that? Sure, yeah. Um, I actually go in depth and share uh, my story on the Bodies Behind the Bus podcast. Um, oh, okay. It's an episode that is my story. Um, and so if folks are interested in, in the full story, they can listen to that. Um But yeah, I, um, for me particularly, a lot of it was around gender roles um, and around expectations of what a woman's role was. Um, And I, at the time I was in my thirties and I was single, which um, my particular experience was in conservative Christianity, um, evangelical Christianity. And in the, Areas where I was being in your thirties and single was an anomaly Mm -hmm. um, that, and so I feel like a lot of leaders didn't really necessarily know what to do with me. Um, And so I would, I really felt called to teach, to lead, to um, share in different ways. I would be shut down. Um, And then there were a lot of meetings that were happening um, that they're just these like secret meetings that pinpoint a lot of ways that um, I was quote unquote sinful. And as I've heard lots of folks stories, this is a common thing um, that these meetings with leaders continue to happen um, and continually pointing out ways that you're falling short spiritually. Um, And so that was my own just kind of in a nutshell experience of spiritual abuse. Yeah, it's like, as from their viewpoint, like, you're never good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is very shaming. Yes, yes. That my entire experience, it was, it was very shaming. Yeah, and I recognize where I think that there's certain uh, people or school of thought that believes that shaming is a method of teaching and, and allowing people to grow, but mm-hmm. like, we actually know otherwise from scientific evidence, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I mean, for me, that was one of the huge pieces of just doing my own work in therapy um, and being able to name this shame and to recognize, like, that's not a healthy thing. That's not a motivator. There, there are scientific reasons why that was causing you to shut down. Yeah. So you had said before that, that they would shut you down. Like, 
was it over? Was it subtle? Like how, like what, what were some of the methods that they used to shut you down? Yeah, there was some of both. Um, one of maybe the more overt things was um, we, I actually, I worked with um, a college ministry. And so we had um, like what we called large group meetings each week. Um, and I would speak up and I would say, hey, you know, we are working on a school that has a pretty high female student population. We never have any female speakers. I feel like that can be important to bring in some female speakers. Um, and some of the men that I worked with, with would, would kind of make jokes about that or um, say things like, you know, when I was a college student, I wouldn't have listened to a woman, things like that. Um, so that would be some of the more overt things. Um, some of the things that were less obvious would uh, be like the expectations of, oh, of obviously a man is going to lead this meeting or this conference and a woman will be in charge of the decor. Um, you know, things like that without really considering what folks' interests or talents were. Um, so, yeah, there was some of both of those. Mm. So now that you've left ministry and you've done your own work and you're doing counseling, do you think that there is any role for gender roles? Like, do you think that that there is any truth to it? Hmm. I feel like that is a very, very complex question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if we're I just saying, <laughs> if as just a blanket statement of these things apply because of someone's gender no i do not think that is the case mm. um, because i think that each of us is individual and there's gonna be things that um, we're interested in or talents that we have or things that we want to pursue um, that may or may not fit within a typical gender role um, or what's been prescribed um, and i think that there can be a place maybe for um, some gender specific activities, um, but not with the, the idea that you have to participate in this or you have to participate this way where it's more of an option. Well, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. So body image concerns in religious trauma may not really seem connected at first glance but can you explain where you see like some overlap in those two areas or how they can impact somebody's mental health and well-being yes definitely um so a lot of times folks with body image concerns um feel really disconnected from their body mm -hmm. they may have gotten a lot of messages that um their body was not um the right size or shape um, or their skin was not the right color. Um, they may have learned that if I just live in my head and think and don't feel, um, that's safer. And so they're, they're not really connected with their body. They may have a hard time knowing when they're hungry or when they're satisfied, experiencing pleasure, um, being able to identify pain. Um, and I find that that's true with folks who have gotten a lot of those messages from um, what we call diet culture, just really the ideas that surround us that thinner bodies are better. Um, but also that's true of a lot of folks that 
have grown up in really strict religious environments, particularly if there was a lot of emphasis on sexual purity, um, on um, abstinence, on uh, virginity, um, this idea of virginity as a gift and saving that for marriage and a lot of pressure um, around making sure that particularly for women and young girls, that your appearance was quote unquote modest um, and that you could be responsible for how other folks view your body, um, that that also can create an environment where, okay, it's safer if I disconnect from my body. Um, if I don't connect with what I'm feeling internally, the sensations I might feel um, don't really have any uh, words or experiences of pleasure. Um, that there can be so much overlap there, just of shame that can come up around the body and that sense of disconnection. But Michelle, like, it's not okay for girls to wear really short skirts, right? That is exactly what many, many girls are told. And they're pulled aside and told that they need to wear different clothing, even maybe sent away from an activity because they need to, to wear different clothing. Um, and that is, that is so shaming. Yeah. <clears throat> what would you propose as an alternative? An alternative to that approach? With mm -hmm. modesty? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that it, it does depend on your religious context. Um, because I don't want to tell somebody how to live their belief system. Mm -hmm. um, but also we need to think about the effect that that has on somebody, particularly a young person, um, when they are being singled out, um, when they are being reprimanded or shamed um, for clothing choices or for how clothing may fit on their body. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've known many young girls that happen to be very tall and shorts just don't come to their knees. They're not going to. Mm -hmm. um, but they've been shamed for that, for something they have no control over. Um, and then also given the message that they're responsible for how other people view their bodies. Um, and so I think there's definitely conversations to be had to find ways um, to maybe honor beliefs that someone might have, or if someone wants to be more modest, um, whatever that means for them. Um, but also to not shame people um, into feeling like they're responsible for others or their body is not okay. So you're saying that by by telling, like, so this mostly applies to girls, right? A, a so, lot of times, yes. Yeah, by telling a girl, like, you know, because I, I do know that there are some exceptions and that sometimes it does apply to boys, but, like, for the most part, it applies to girls. And, and um, you know, good examples of this is, like, you know, going to a school and girl, like, I, I you know, I went into school and I was wearing a tank top and it had, um, it was a really low cut tank top. And, mm -hmm. I mean... Frankly, like I was kind of showing off a lot of skin. So I was understandable that, you know, from their perspective, they were like, this is creating a distraction and you need to put something on so that like, you know, you're in school and we're really here to learn. And, um, you know, I think that that was somewhat of like an understandable 
kind of line in the sand that they had to draw. But then I was told later on, like, well, you know, they shouldn't have a say in what you wear. You can kind of wear whatever you want. And I'm, I'm kind of like, well, is there a balance there? Because like, we do have somewhat of a sexualized culture. And is that distracting to like the learning process and the education process? And um, I know that some of this is like the boys will be boys kind of mentality. But at the same time, it's like, well, you know, if like, you see something like you are going to stare right so there's there's a weird balance here that i i struggle with yeah there, there can be a, a tough balance there and to find a compromise that makes sense i think if there could be more open discussions mm. um and figuring out how to word things um i think for me i can kind of feel that prickle when I heard you say them talking about being a distraction, mm. that kind of wording can be kind of shaming. Like it's your fault that um, if someone sees skin, they might be distracted. So maybe if, if um, schools or wherever it might be, could figure out a way to move away from that kind of language and have some, if you need to have a dress code or have, rules about what is appropriate to wear in a particular setting um, to have those for everyone. And we don't have to word it in a way that you are distracting or your body is distracting more. This is the expectation for clothing in this setting. Uh, okay. So just making it a little bit more concrete that like, not necessarily the reason that it's distracting, but more just it's not fitting within what their expectation of proper dress code is. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I want to keep this conversation going because this is a really good one. Um, and at the same time, we're running out of time. Um, how can people find out more about you and, and get in touch with you, Michelle? Yeah. So the two best ways to um, learn more about me would be my website, which is michellefmosley.com. So www dot m-i-c-h-e-l-l-e-f-m-o-s-e-l-e-y dot com um, and I'm also pretty active on Instagram um, and my handle there is therapy underscore with underscore Michelle. Awesome and if anybody liked this episode you can find us on bizradio.us um, and be sure to like and subscribe so you can listen to this and other great episodes that are coming out on Kindred. Thanks again, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.